Hello, Poppet. In the words of the infamous Chopper Reed. Now, I'm not quite at the point of lobbing my ears off in a prison cell, but I'll tell you what, the NBL season has gone that long that I'm almost considering it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't mind if that you got rid of the bit aggressive. Lips, mate. Yeah, it was a little it bit, but so you can stop talking. But your ears are already... <laughs> when you come to this show, your ears are chopped off because you don't listen to me, you just talk. So. Anyway, as I was saying, Peter Hooley, before you rudely exactly. interrupted... <laughs> but finals, starting on Thursday. We're, we're super close. Well, hopefully. Mm. I never. I take nothing for granted these days with the NBL. Anything can happen in this COVID-ridden world mm. that, that we're on. That we know that all too well at the moment, Victorians. Hopefully, we are on the verge of getting out on Friday. Mm. I'm not even going to touch that. No, yeah, let's so. get into a deep yeah. political discussion now <laughs> on can't. where we stand with everything. Pete, your <clears throat> thoughts on the vaccine? No, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> the finals makeup, though. Who, what, where, and why? This is a pretty complex one because we don't know exactly, look, if it's two Melbourne teams going ahead, can they go to Bendigo, which was a, an idea raised by the great Cam Luke, mm. one of the very few good ideas raised by the great Cam Luke, the, having the game in Bendigo, something like that, where restrictions aren't as hard and you could potentially get a full crowd, I believe. What do you do? No matter what, the finals have to have fans. Yeah. But where are we going? I don't well, know. You're on the inside. You're a rat. I think, I think if it's a semi-final throwdown, so if the Phoenix lose to the Bullets, tonight on Tuesday, they'll finish fourth and we're going to throw down semi-final series versus the Phoenix and United. If Cam was saying to have that one in Bendigo, you can't do that for because all of a sudden they can't leave necessarily. They won't be able to go to Perth because they've been But what Victoria. happens if they remove restrictions well, Victoria, uh, it'll already be decided by then. And WA is not going to do that, are they? They're going to stay the last two weeks, so they won't be able to do that. If, however, Phoenix, I think they'll finish third if they beat the Bullets and they'll, they'll play w, uh, Perth over in WA... If we have a throwdown grand final series and we still have some sort of restrictions, that's when I'm. You look well. Maybe we do do it in Bendigo. We do the five games in Bendigo. We can get a proper crowd. I love it. That I reckon way we it's get perfect. a Victoria. I think only a grand final series throwdown. I think that'd be a great opportunity to be able to take it to regional, fill out Bendigo Stadium, uh, and try and do it that way. Other than that, I think you're going to have potentially both Melbourne and Phoenix playing their away finals games at the. Whoever they're playing. So See, what happens there? So in that instance, let's say it's Southeast Melbourne and Perth yep. matching up. It's a three-game series. So it's pretty important, even as the lowest-seeded team, to get your one home game. Now, obviously with COVID, that's most likely not going to happen if mm. those two teams match up. And Perth having the strongest home crowd by a lengthy margin. Yep. Do you have three packed-out games or do you have two and then do you not let fans in for the next well, one, that's how what, do you play we that? Kinda, we kind of floated that last week about not having fans, and I think that's it's a fair way to do it, but I don't think we're going to get that. I think we're going to get the Red Army for three potentially three games, and yeah, Phoenix's home game will be in Perth, maybe, in front of the Red Army, which is going to be tough. Do you think if the Phoenix complain about that and, and Simon Mitchell kicks up at fuss and says, no, we're not going to go in against a team who has the strongest home court advantage in the league and play three games against them with their fans, do you think that there is a possibility that... This the game gets moved to Sydney, no, or somewhere uh, some sort of maybe, neutral venue maybe, outside. I think there's outside talks about that. Maybe that it, we they potentially have like a home away uh, from Victoria for this. Like it might be Kudos Bank, it might be the Snap Pit. The Snap Pit's been thrown up as there's no venue clashes there. No but then one, it's the same point. So the, the issue for me there is if you move it to the Snag Pit, the fan who's gonna okay. Go, I, I, I don't know how many Southeast Melbourne fans are just roaming around Cairns, or whether you can just recruit backpackers to do so, which there aren't many of at the moment anyway. Yeah, so you can't exactly head down to Gilligan's and start heading out. Mm. Out Southeast Melbourne jerseys. It depends. So, listening to, uh, I think it was Chris Golding spoke to Danny Munn after the while when they played in Perth, and he was saying, Look, he goes, everyone's had to deal with different COVID stuff in the season. Now it's our turn. He said, It sucks that it's finals, but you just got to roll with what's happening. So, I think if they are upset and the Phoenix are going to be upset, right? Yeah, but so that's, they have to. That, that's, every, that's Melbourne, though. 
United are a different beast in this case because I reckon United, even if it was three home games, can get it done. Would take it. Right, right. That's a much closer series in that semi final between South East Melbourne and Perth. And the difference with that could be the home court. I think Mm. both teams match up pretty similar. Even Perth without Cotton are a good enough team to be able to take on South East Melbourne. Yeah. So I think that that series goes down to the wire every single game, which is why that's such a big advantage. Oh, it's going to be huge, though, because it's not. Yeah, you have 10,000. All of a sudden it's 13,000 and just going crazy. The Red Army goes up another notch in Perth could be kissed on the. Two years in a row. And now I've said it time and time again that, yes, they deserved the championship last year. Yeah. Due to everything that happened, they were the rightful championships. But still, they may not have won that series. I think they would have, but they may not have won it if it happened. So, theoretically, yes, kissed on the dick. Yeah. This year, Can if they end up again? getting Can we get three kissed <laughs> on the so-and-so. But if this year, if they end up getting, say, three home games in a semifinal, yeah, which it's does big. push them over yeah. the line, it's, I don't know. For, for a lot of people who call this the MBL... If that happens, are you throwing another asterisk on Perth? Ooh. Oh, geez, that'd rile them up, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? Oh, that'd oh, no, rile them up. I'll tell you who would. The Sydney Kings top brass would 100% <laughs> be yelling asterisks from the rooftops you look at as they sit in off-season holiday. Perth had to do it twice where they had to get out of WA real quick during the season. I know finals, it's just different. It just sucks that we've come to this and hopefully hopefully something oh, is sorted out that they can, so close. they can play at Kudos Bank or something like they can do. But again, are you going to be able to get enough fans? Because if you're the NBL, you're probably looking at, well... Do we potentially have a couple thousand fans of just basketball fans who want to see a semi-final game of Perth versus Phoenix at Kudos Bank? Or do we put it back in Perth and all of a sudden the Red Army go for 13,000 and all of a sudden there's money coming in? So I don't know. It's going to be... Really- at the end of the day, I think with the NBL, let's just side with the thing that says there's money coming in. So you're going to look at fans everywhere, which makes sense, doesn't it? It just sucks that it happens to be the way it is. A good way to do it and a potential way around this, and I'm not sure whether it helps you on court, but it's potentially if it is making it a Perth Wildcats, it, it does have to be three games with fans that the South East Melbourne Phoenix get the revenue from that game. Yeah, yeah. They get the ticket sale revenue right. from that game, which if they're looking at it thinking, okay, well, we maybe get 2,000, 3,000 at the moment during COVID mm. in Melbourne, oh, competing with everything right. else. And Perth, they're going to pay for those tickets. And they're going to pay for they those tickets. Care. Semi-finals are usually not as popular because that they know that there's a chance. Yeah. I know it's game... Normally, not sure how the final game setup one. Works. Normally, no one comes. Game to the, one of the grand final series. Of no the one yeah, no one goes to that, even the semi final series. But if they can get themselves a game two, mm. which is a high selling game, bang, that's a bit of money in the bank for a team that usually wouldn't draw that much crowd. So yeah, there is it's catch twenty two. There's, there's positives and negatives to it. But one I'd of like the smartest to things. One of the smartest things you've said to me, honest. So yeah, we'll usually see. Usually, a happens. lot of my smart stuff comes off camera. Do we want to speak about what I was talking about before? We <laughs> no, we got don't. On not in that shirt because that shirt <laughs> looks painted on. I don't know where you got that from. We'll put it back. Buy another shirt just like that and throw them both out. That is disgusting. For those in podcast form, I'm wearing an urban polo. Mm. It's a little on the snug fitting side, but you know yeah. it is lockdown, so yeah. we'll get what we give. Bullets hire King's assistant <laughs> James Duncan. Now this has come from absolutely nowhere. Not once. Mm. Did either you or I mention James Duncan in any sense? I think in the history of this podcast, in the season, we haven't even heard him on commentary, anything. And no one put his name up as a possibility Mm. to land one of these spots. But clearly, he's flown under the radar because you're not just going to hire a guy for no reason. Well, Olgen, he's hired because he's a good coach. Olgan released it, didn't he? He came out and said this is what was going to happen and we were all... Uh, the Molochoff cocktail was sitting on it because he chose to... Yeah, fair enough. He chose fair enough. to just sit yeah, back in the wings that's and a let fallacy. Olgan do his that is, thing. Yeah, that's not true at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's... It's an interesting one. We all thought it was going to be Adam Ford from what we originally heard and then we thought uh, maybe Judd Flavel was going to go up there. Uh, so there was so many oh, different options. I think options. the Brisbane one wasn't... I think we'd more... I think like it's still... I don't know if it's completely locked in. It's I, not locked in, but it looks like... Look, usually when Olgan, with respect for the kid, usually when Olgan runs with something, it's pretty 
surefire locked in. We did run with Adam Ford going up there initially. He said he was going to be the front runner. So what? Whether yeah, that front was- runner is different though. Front runner is different. You can you can come out and say I, I will give him credit for that. He can come out and say front runner. That's different than saying they're they've they're gonna. They've I think they still agreed I've or whatever it is still, settled on terms. They're still trying to get. Cape on out there, so maybe that's James Duncan. So, well, if Cape, we can't get capes then, and we've spoken of this. If you haven't Cape on, why would you go? Like, are you no, on the never. Job? And we stay every second sit podcast, on the safest we'll nest egg in Australian yeah. basketball, which is the COE at the moment. Never leave yeah. that position. You've got moose heads. Never what else leave. do you need? Oh, moose heads. Mm. Jesus, I don't think I can legally say the words moose heads anymore, at least not for the next three years. Well, not after the time you just said it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, he obviously he's can coach. It's you're going to do your due diligence, you're going to get it right. So, whoever takes over that, it's a big opportunity to really grow basketball back in Brisbane and really can uh, compete next year. If whoever signed, first things first, get a signature from Vic Law back. So we can 100%. Again. Vic Law comes back. It's interesting with CJ Bruton and I think it goes back to the thing that we were saying that maybe he does just need a couple more years yeah. within the coaching system because from all reports he's a great coach but mm. clearly if Brisbane aren't going to go with him here then uh, you never know. Maybe he pops up for a Cairns job or something like that but it Ooh, seems like... No, that was most definitely not a Molohoff cocktail. That is just <laughs> front runner? Are you saying front runner? in the wind. Are you saying front runner to Ken? Front runner. Uh, 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 uh. Anyway, NBL award predictions. It is getting to that point in the season now. We've got everything. Deep Poi, MIP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, all NBL teams. Which one are we starting with? Start with the main one, MVP. MVP. I think we're now, both oh, God, I thought that this one was up for grabs. It's not. I saw Who? Mooney sitting there at $6 in the market. Yep. And I thought, oh, geez, that's good value. But now I, I just don't think that Mooney's done enough yep. over with, this last stretch of games. But I'm it's with also you. that, and, and such is a Perth Wildcats thing. He's played a little bit less minutes. Yeah. He looks like he's genuinely, like, maybe just resting a bit for finals. He would have known that he could go for the MVP if he wanted. But yeah, this is where. Re- this is the Wildcats. They just don't care about these individual awards. This is where recency bias does come into play because I don't think I don't think Tyler Harvey's in the. I mean, he's going to be top three. I would. No, don't you go listen? You've been you've been listening to too much broadcast. No, I'm. I comment over. I mean, I don't think he's going to be there. So no. I thought John Mooney was a legitimate chance, but he was since Bryce Cotton has been hurt. We haven't seen him come and dominate, which shows again how he's been exceptional all year. With Bryce, like Bryce has really helped him. I'm yeah. not saying he's arguably can be MVP. If he, if John Mooney got it, none of us would be upset. He's been fantastic this year. Oh, I'd be upset. Yeah, actually, I take it back. That was a complete. I get what you're I'd saying though. He is. He has had I'd such a good year that he's he is deserving of an award. Yeah, and he will. We'll, we'll touch well, on it, of course, that game. First he's going to get an award, but that game on I think it was Friday's Melbourne versus Perth, and obviously no Mitch Norton, which we'll get to. It's going to change the way the yeah. Wildcats play. Landau went to work. Landau absolutely went to work. And that's Jock just saying, hang on, I know I'm going to be all NBL first team as well, but if we're going to start talking about MVP, my team's finished on top and I've had a massive part of that and I've got doubled every single game except for this one and look what I did. And in that game that Melbourne, I remember at High Sense or Melbourne Arena as it's now known. John when Melbourne Arena? <laughs> two strikes? Wow. You're out. Two strikes. Jock Landau. I ruined your train the, of thought, didn't you I? You did, you did. You just completely took it off the tracks. Um, Jock Landau was the only one really doing any damage yeah. towards Perth. It was when Perth won by about 15 or so, dominated. Yeah, yeah. But John Mooney can't defend Jock Landau on the post one-on-one. Yeah. That's full stop. Bank can't defend him. So it's going to be interesting to see if they match up. Jeez, we went off the rails. It's Bryce Cotton's award. What they do in there. It's Bryce Cotton's award. Yeah. I think we can all agree with that. It's, we can't, it's we've got to stop award. thinking, okay, there's some other players who we haven't seen before. Bryce is doing what he's doing. Bryce had a better year this year with a, with a less talented team. Make no mistake, Perth have done incredible this year. 
Half of us had them on the bubble to make the finals. They locked up a top two spot. Well, we were looking at the start of the year and we were sort of thinking, oh, geez, a double figure odds, it'd be worth a play. But no one really gave it. Everyone mentioned, see, this is what happened. And I hate people who are coming at this point of the year and saying, oh, you know, I said the Wildcats would be fine. It's like, no, no, no. Everyone said that they're going to be dangerous. Yeah. Potential. We threw it around with, oh, geez, you can't ride off the Wildcats, but no one thought that they were going to be doing this. And that's Bro- no one thought John they were Mooney doing this. and Bryce Cotton. It's John Mooney and Bryce and Cotton. Todd Blanchfield. The jackpot. As seemingly, and I love to say, like luck's involved. Yeah. But the Wildcats always seem to get lucky, inverted commas, with their imports, yeah. which isn't luck. They're, John, they're obviously yeah. fantastic at recruiting. Their talent evaluations is fantastic. And they manage to get guys often on a good price, either out of college or from Europe or whatever, wherever it is that perform well and yep. complement the players they've got. They don't just bring in some superstar stud player yep. thinking he's going to go in there and fix all their problems like some teams in this league do. I they did. get guys that fit within this. And I did hear John Mooney say he'd love to be able to come back to Perth, that was which would be one. amazing. That'd I be think huge. he has been – I can't wait to see him continue if he does. If he doesn't get a chance in the NBA, he's been a superstar this year. That's the hard thing with me with John Mooney and, and, and just with players like that. It's like I love John Mooney and I would love to see him in this league next year, but I think I, I just hope he gets a bigger opportunity. I think he And will it's hard to say yeah. a bigger opportunity because Europe's all over. The, they're scattered at the yeah. moment. European leagues are scattered. Mm. So can you, are you guaranteed money there? What's going to happen? Are they going to go into a lockdown? Are we sort of, you know, you're probably in the safest place on earth right now yep. in terms of getting a check, which in, is in the In WA, not Vic? Uh, don't come to Melbourne yeah. United, John. But that, that'd be a very Melbourne United thing to just poach John Mooney. But I, would, I don't think he can But that's why I think Perth are going to be good for him because they'll like want him to see if you if you can grow and go somewhere else, then we're going to be here for you. We're going to support you. And uh, I, I think we – don't be surprised if we do see a, a one-two Bryce and Mooney in this MVP voting. No, I wouldn't be surprised. What are we on to now? Most improved? Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Mate, I told you to write these down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, 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 now that well, I look down at my run sheet, I appear to have written them in some sort of he order wrote that the, does not. I've, I've gone de- uh, down, to up, down. He's written them up. Like he's starting. So you call out the order there. I don't even remember the order because you were writing them down. Coach, Coach of the, the year. year. Trev Gleason. You, you got to go with Trev. He's what missed out a couple of. of times for when he should have won it. And now, exactly that. Like everyone was just, we weren't sure on Perth. He deserves it. I, I think he's been great. We had Adam Ford that we thought was, we were saying, okay, is it possible to get coach of the year without making the finals? But I think the Kings just dropped off a little too much. If they made the finals considering the injury list they had, then it would have been a bit of a discussion. But I think Gleason's sitting at about, if it wasn't market, Gleason would be sitting at about $1.05. Yeah, Trev. I'll give it to Trev. Rookie of the year. (laughs) Oh, you had to get told (laughs) of the year. No, I didn't. I just like to stop. Cool, calm, and collected. Josh Giddy. That's the easy. Josh Giddy's an easy one. Of course, we thought that it was going to be more of a Mojave King, Josh Giddy double. At the start of the year, the only person who could possibly contest him yeah. sort of came with Luke Travers mm. coming into yeah, a yeah. bit, which yeah. uh, that, that sort of stuff. But I don't no, even Josh know Giddy. if he can. No, because he was the DP last yeah. year. DP this year, though. I don't know. The DP this year. I don't even know I'll what, dig, what mate, happens. But he's not going to get it. Josh Giddy's going to No, no, no. Giddy's won this one running away. So easy win for Giddy there. Interesting one just before we move on to the next award or maybe before I wait to be told. What the next is that? What you stalling? <laughs> he already told us twice. Oh, Josh Giddy in the NBA. Where's our final predictions? Because we're probably not going to touch too much more on Giddy now that the season we're going to get into finals basketball. Where do you think he goes? How do you think his NBA career progresses? I'm going to say I'm going to try and be as like positive ten to four. Don't try to be as positive. Try to be as truthful as possible. You ten, can get out of your little NBL broadcasting hat. Ten to fourteen. Ten to fourteen. Yeah, I would like ten to fourteen. I reckon that's a perfect spot because as soon as you start going into single figures then you're in trouble. Purely just from a pressure perspective. My mind went the wrong way. Sorry. <laughs> we'll talk about that. You could tell me that one. Yeah. Okay. As soon as you start getting into those single figures, then the pressure is so much. He yeah, may be good enough to be yeah. drafted in the single figures, 
but we've seen it so many times. As soon as you have that single figure next to your name, it depends the, the where it is. I tell you what, triples. The crazy thing is, like you look at if the Spurs have like a five to nine pick. We know Popovich loves internationals and he loves Patty. I know they've got Dejounte Murray. They've got some elite guards, but. Uh, they, they'd love a guy like that in the system. So I'd, just, I'd love to see him. What, his, IQ would get, his IQ would get used. Yeah, it depends where he, the lottery falls for him. Because he's not a player where you come in, and this is the hardest thing with Josh Giddy. He's not a player who comes in and you just give him the rock like Lamelo Ball and yeah. say, go create, no. go nuts. No, he fits within a good system and he's going to be an elite player, you need, but it's very important they get him within the right system. Yeah, you need guys who can be scorers on, away from him and he'll get them involved. Most improved. Okay. Uh, oh, this is the, one of the toughest ones. Um, you just ignore everything the producer says in the air. Uh, this is going to be one of the hardest, closest awards, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to go Sam Froling, but I think Joe Luala Chul is going to have a big mm. thing to say about that. See, the hard thing is that Joe Luala Chul still had some decent games. Last year. Last year. Yeah. Like we saw what he had. It's but it was so long ago. It was so year. long ago that it feels like that. I, I'd sort of have to go with Sam Froling. Jordan Hunter? Geordie Hunter's another one. And we saw the like, when we were playing, Dave Barlow got nominated because he went from nothing and potentially retiring to a breakout season again yeah. in his career. Finn Delaney? Can Finn Delaney get a nod in See, Finn Delaney, now that you think about it, see, I, I naturally go to younger players. Yeah, that's what everybody and does. And that's the hardest That's what everybody thing. does. You, you side with the Geordie Hunters, the Sam Froling. But Finn Delaney, if you look at it purely in a numbers perspective, even on just this, maybe this last quarter, did he leave his run a little bit too late mm. is my only thing because he went from being – a legitimate, like a stud on the breakers yeah. team to being the man yep. in the in the last quarter of the season, which in my opinion, when we look at how close this award is, that could be it. Yeah, I, I'll stay and with And he's Sam. also dealing with playing, I'll just cut you off again. Yep. He's also Go dealing on. with playing with the Webster brothers who put up a lot of shots and demand a lot I, of I ball. wouldn't be upset with that. I love what Finn Delaney's done this year, mainly because I called it at the start of the year, but I'll go with Sam Froling. I think the Hawks are going to have to get some sort of uh, nod and... Yeah, I think think they'll get a couple of these. Also, we'll talk to them. Defensive Player of the Year, which I still think Justin Simon. I think he's been fantastic all year and I side with him, but I know that it's going to be very, very close. And the man that you're about to mention is the one that if there was ever to be a tied award, I'd be happy to go with it. Mitch Norton. I think Mitch Norton's been incredible. Uh, You saw that numerous times this year where he just steps up and does his role. And talking to, I spoke to Damian Martin last night and he was literally saying that he thinks it'll be Mitch Norton because he thinks Justin Simon... Well, the award's named after him, I know. so I would probably And Sunday his. Detch are the very similar defenders in the way they go about the things. But Mitch Norton is... You have to beat Mitch Norton twice. If you beat him off the dribble and you've got him beat, he's going to get back in front and either alter your shot or get back in front and just stay vertical. Do you think it's harder for Mitch Norton to win this award and harder to be recognised as a great defensive Cause player? Because of Damo? Because he's coming in... No doubt. ...to the 100-time winner of the award... Mm. He's coming in the year after he retires. Wouldn't so he's probably, still, yeah. you're still in that guy's shadow. And the Perth Wildcats fans are so used to or, having an elite defensive yeah. point guard that he subs in and it's as if nothing's changed. Or the, Sunday Deck yeah. goes to Adelaide and it's like, okay, now we've got, we got a guy who can lock down. I think Sunday Deck is going to find – he's fallen off in the last – when he came, started coming off the bench for the last four or five yeah. weeks when the Sixers season fell apart. So Sunday Deck might – it might be a Simon versus Norton, but it could be the other side for Mitch Norton because he's coming off the back of – Damien Martin, that everyone's like, well, things haven't really changed. Like, Nordo's come in and doing what Damo's done. He's, if- but the thing, you don't notice it as much. And one of the hard things is it's why usually the person who leads the blocks wins yeah. Defensive Player of the Year. Because when you look at defense, it, when a guy stays in front of someone for three or four slides and they just have to kick the ball on, it doesn't look like great defense to the average player. Have you ever done that? No, I've never oh, done I that at all. So. I usually just... Try to get, try to get down the offensive end as quick as possible. Matterhorn, yeah, the Matador is the Matterhorn. one. Matterhorn, Matador. Jeepers. Oh, beep. Next, 
But no, I think that Justin yeah. Simon plays a more exciting style of defense. Is it better than Mitch Norton? Probably not. But I think that he wins the award just based on he gets a few more big blocks here. And he salutes. Hard defensive rebounds, suit salutes when he blocks, stuff like that. He's on every highlight reel. The narrative fits those guys better. Defense Mitch Norton, is he very stays narrative. in front of his guy for three very or four slides driven. and they kick the ball on. Very that narrative sort of stuff. driven. And for, the, for next season, if you've got a guy that you think can win Defensive Player of the Year, start promoting on your socials early yeah. and run that narrative dry. Or start giving up fast breaks and then just let him try to block it. There you go. That's what Wildcats should do. Yeah. Just let him try to pin someone against the glass. He's, he's like, hopefully five catch four. it on camera, unlike yours. It doesn't matter. Oh, sorry. Damien Martin throws some shit out of him before. <laughs> sixth, sixth man of the year. Scotty Hobson. I think Scotty Hobson, I mean, he's been real, again, recently biased. He, he was hurt for a little bit, struggled to find his role. But because the season's gone so long, Scotty Hobson has been enormous off the bench yeah. and playing really good right now. I think Scotty Hobson. You've stolen that one off the run sheet for me there because I'm going with Scotty Hobson as well. And very rarely do we give Melbourne United much on this show at all. Mm. For a show that is often called, you know, I've seen a couple of comments on Twitter saying we're Melbourne United loyalists and stuff like that, which is ridiculous because I think we probably talk about Melbourne United the least. We actually talk about Perth. We should be. We, I think we're part of the Red Army. It's practically a Wildcats podcast yeah. at this point because yeah. we both are such big fans of the Wildcats. But no, I think Scotty Hobson gets it. But the issue is there is that we know how good Scotty Hobson can be. Yeah. But it's one of those Jamal Crawford sort of situations where it's like we know how good he can be, yeah. but he's just coming off the bench because of... I think it'll be either him or Luala Chul. A loaded roster. Yeah, it's going to come from Melbourne, and as it should with a, with a roster that's stacked. Yep. All NBL. First team, I think, is locked in. You, first team's We're, we're going to have some, the exact thing on the same, exact same thing. On unless the we have team, some yeah. sort of random coaches, captains, just not wanting to put people up there. And that's the issue. We've had that one before. Yeah. But we haven't had it as much in the uh, it, NBL. Because, but, but when you vote for people that you know, okay, this vote isn't going to look suspicious, but it's, for example, Casper Ware. A lot of people know that, okay, Casper is probably not worthy of first or second team, but I'm going to vote for him to make sure Sobey gets in. Like the Brisbane guys, yeah, okay, yeah. we're going to vote because you can't vote for the guy on your own team. Mm. So the captain's going to go, okay, well, I'm going to vote for Casper because instead he's of, not going to, instead of put, Tyler Harvey, put, yeah. because then it might push Sobey out of the team. Which is why and then we, you end up with these weird results. Like, wait, how is Casper wear first team? If we don't have oh. Jock Landau and John Mooney as the two inside players... Then some fuckery will have occurred. And you know what that's going to be? Is someone just thinking, hmm, Daniel Johnson's been really good. I'm just going <laughs> to... Which he has. I think he's going to be all NBL second team. But it doesn't look bad on the ballot because you're like, hmm, Daniel Johnson. No. And if someone's like, dude, make the argument, and you're like, well, he's been elite for the Sixers. And you're like... Oh, well, I guess he has. Here we go. But yeah. it, it should be uh, – the first team should be Bryce Cotton, Tyler Harvey, Nathan Sobey, Landau and Mooney. That should yep. be a lock. That's locked in completely. And second team, which I'm refusing to even give a second team here because I don't think it should even be a factor. You're either first team or you're not. We're getting into the realm of participation awards Ooh. as soon as we get to the second, second team. Second team, I, will, I think Finn Delaney, Daniel Johnson as the inside players. I'm going to go Mitch McCarron, Josh Giddy, and that last spot, Golding. Right. You know, the top team, you've got the talent everywhere. You've got to give them some nods. Or lockdown team. Your shirt. <laughs> your shirt is something that should stay in lockdown has been really good. Your new biceps that you somehow found from push-ups <laughs> in your... Uh, in there, and, <laughs> and actually, you you do wear. You're the only one who I've seen still wear disposable masks. You don't like normal no, masks that everyone's no, wearing. Always a disposable, disposable mask, mask because I don't want to reuse the same mask twice. Mm. Because I don't know whether I don't trust my own hygiene, but I don't like breathing on something and they're putting it back. So on I know my you've face got. I know you've got the weights one. at home because that's all you've been doing in lockdown. When you go back to play NBA one for the Tigers, I'm going to shoot the ball. The I am going to shoot the ball over the backboard. Like, it's ridiculous. My first shot will go directly over to the backboard and God forbid Asada is sitting at the baseline. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am done. 
<laughs> anyway, aside from that, Asada, if you're listening, I am clean. <clears throat> for the most part. Tyler Harvey, late withdrawal, in play or out of bounds. Now, this one, obviously, I look at the game through more of a betting angle That's than most would. Yeah. You look at it through just an annoyance of broadcast and you know you set yourself up for this game. You think, okay, this is going to be the lineup. I know you were broadcasting this particular game with Jack and a few others where it sort of throws you into a bit, okay, wait, this guy isn't playing. Tyler yeah. Harvey's late withdrawal with a corky, for those listening on podcasts, I'm doing that little bunny rabbit thing with yeah. my fingers, inverted commas. Yep. Yeah, it, I don't, we've seen it all year. Like the transparency that we want, especially when we're commentating. Nowhere to be is, seen. So he got pulled out of the starting lineup with two minutes to go. And then all of a sudden they said, oh, if he's needed, he'll play. He's got a corky. And they were down 13 to two. And we're thinking, well, that's when you probably need him. Yeah. And the Kings, literally, as they were coming out to warm up for the last 15 minutes, Adam Ford's like, remember, this is what we're doing on Tyler Harvey. This is what we're doing on Tyler Harvey. If we stop Tyler Harvey, we're going to be all right in this game. And then he just doesn't play and everyone else gets a green light. Yeah, I don't like it. I just want that transparency of, okay, Tyler Harvey is a little banged up, but he's not going to play tonight. And then Brian Gorgian said at uh, halftime. Oh, he let the rabbit out of the hat. He did. He said, oh, we're resting him. And he had. He played bulk minutes in a short period of time, which is fair enough. But just say, look, he's got a few little niggles, so we're going to just let him rest this one and get him ready for finals, which is completely fine. Yeah. But just let us know. You don't get a corky in the warm-ups. I think we can all agree with that. Let's look back on the footage. I don't think Tyler Harvey sustained a corky. And also, they did say corky as we kept panning to him on the bench, sitting down. If you've got a cork in your chance to play, you're on the bike keeping it warm. Yeah, 100%. No, no, no. I call absolute bullshit on it. And if there is some sort of sanction that the Hawks can face for it, then I would say yes. And whether it just be a fine, because as you say... 30-centimeter ruler. With 30-centimeter ruler across that gorgy, boom, come on, gorge, bang. I was thinking, oh yeah, it's his wrist that we're slapping here. With Let's <laughs> yeah. just have that one <laughs> for, the, for the sake of hand. for the sake of mental imagery. There, it is his wrist that is getting slapped by the ruler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that we have audio listeners too. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I was um, my wrist. But the thing is, you talk about Adam Ford there telling his team, "This is That's what, what we're going to do." Worried about. That's, That's more important. Thing. At the end of the day, from a betting perspective, from a broadcast perspective, that's all secondary. The Sydney Kings have gone into that game whole fully prepared around to Tyler stop Harvey. one guy, and then and then. And you're probably thinking... You forget to do it. And as fans, you're like, oh, okay, this is good for you then. You should be happy. But no, because everyone else has had all day. Like Lockie Dent came in, had nine points in two minutes. These guys have had all day to prepare to come in and just play and shoot with a free leash. Your whole defensive setup is prepared for one thing. So, you know, I don't like that at all. And there is some sort of sanction that I believe the team should be sanctioned for not providing that information earlier when clearly it was intended. Sanction that, sanction your shirt, and we go from there. Sanction everything. You're wearing a Perth Wildcats hat. It's a Liverpool hat, mate. Same Red. Winning. <laughs> Hot or cold, can the Wildcats do it without Cotton? Well, if they get 12 home games, then yes. Yeah, that's going to help. But there's a potential. I don't know if it's a bit of mayo from Trev that Mitch Norton might be out for semifinal. <laughs> Trev said that he was going to potentially be out a week, maybe a little bit longer. They're a bit a worried. So he said that during... Has that been reported pre-game. in anything He yet? said it pre-game before the Melbourne Hold game. On, he sat play. out of that and we were like, whoa. And I'm like, this could be Trev just adding a little mayo to it. If Mitch Norton doesn't play, they don't, they don't beat Phoenix or whoever they play. No, 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 not Mitch Norton is the next most important player. Love John Mooney, love Todd Blanchfield's year, career best year. But Mitch Norton has to run that team both offensively, setting up plays yeah. and defensively. Without him and Cotton, they can't. He's Damo 2.0. I'll tell you what's interesting as well, that if Melbourne, if South East Melbourne... I believe win or lose, however they end up facing, if they lose and face Melbourne United, yes. then they get Glidden back because he's in Melbourne. If they come back they here to play. Back here. They wouldn't. Because then whoever wins can't go play anywhere because of the two weeks mm. that's backdated. I think we have some disparaging information. Oh, you're in the government. 
You know what's happening. Oh, I have a couple of inside sources that suggest that they may be on their way back to Melbourne if they are going to face Melbourne. Really? Mm. Do you have anything to do with Dan Andrews' back injury? (laughs) (laughs) You know all this? Presented without comment. (laughs) Usman Diang signs with the Breakers, a next start. I haven't been able to see too much of him online. I believe our first European next stars player. No, it looks tight. legit. The yeah. breakers seem to be a good place to go. Matt, Matt Walsh obviously is, yep. runs a pretty tight ship out there, does a good job. Exciting. No, I love it. I and like I love it. that just another like draft prospect, high draft prospect is coming to the NBA. Well, it's interesting because we're getting competition now from all these other. You've got the NBA overtime G League, Overtime League, mm-hmm. all these other things that are starting to offer cash. Yep. But I think that at that point, and if you are supported by good management and good relations around you, cash isn't the option because these sort of players, they're going to make big money. It's all about making the right decision. And the more we can get guys like Giddy, LaMelo Ball, RJ Hampton, Ferguson, these guys playing over there, then that does us a service. Yeah, it shows. And and it's it's quality over quantity. Overtime League might have 100 dudes, 100 prospects. But if we get the best ones, we're still winning that war. With you. Still going. I like it hot. Adam Ford to Cairns. Well, go to Brisbane, Perth. We're still not sure. I've heard that that's the end goal. Yeah, is to get that Perth when Trev ducks off to Asia for the Godfather deal. Yeah, I don't mind it. If I'd love to see him, I'm back in coaching. Obviously, we hope that we we do see Adam Ford there. A chance to really we'll see him somewhere. Fresh, yeah. I can guarantee we'll see him somewhere. Yep, I'm, I like it. I don't know if there's any substance, but let's say hot. I if like I'm it. saying it, most likely not. Yep. Wildcats pink game, hot cold. <laughs> This is so hot because... I just wanted to see if you'd give that a go. No, because Trev has, obviously, with his wife, having gone through it twice, but yeah. he apparently tells all the players about all, like, the real, like, what happened and everything and how they went through. And it's a really emotional time, but what the Red Army do to support that, I love it for the breast cancer awareness. Every every year they, they pack it, it out so as well, which is so no good. surprise, but it's it so looks... Good. And Landau chucked the socks yeah, on. Yeah, shout out Jock Landau for jumping in on that too. But I loved everything they do about it. And for Trev to open up like that, to be able to help, People like that. Obviously, cancer is a big part of my life with my mum as well, but it's I love everything that's huge for that. It's huge. And I'd love to see other things done, of course, with other teams in the league. And, of course, it's hard this year with crowds. It's tough to plan. Like, I know that we at Sportsbet have tried to sort of get in on things with activations and various things, but it's hard because games get cancelled, things yep. get moved. All of a sudden, there's no crowds. Okay, we can't do it here. Logistically, this whole thing is a nightmare, but congratulations to Perth. Absolutely fantastic what they've done there. And finally, one million fans attended the Kings game. Now, I call the Kings out for all the time and I'm mm. doing it again here. There is no way that crowd was real. The one million? That was CGI. Yeah. There's close. no way there was, was 9,000 and something people yeah. there. That was CGI. Mm. Well done to whoever did that on the broadcast. Seamless. The last game of the year. Where did that come from? Yeah. I think that's what it was, the last last game. and yeah. last was, game the- was it rainy outside? I was like, I'm going to go. I don't know. Is there no NRL? Everyone's just preparing for Origin? What helps is that people don't want to see the Giants games right now. <laughs> so it's, it's all well and good. And probably I think it was actually uh, two non-Sydney teams playing yeah, at the Giants Stadium as well. But yeah, no, it would have anyway, been. But, but no matter what it was, it's good. they're at a stadium out in Homebush. Yeah. Now, if you know the layout of Sydney, it's Oof. difficult to get to. So congratulations to the Sydney Kings on getting that sort of crowd. But they've done that a couple of times before. Yeah. But that is unbelievable. I know the netball in Sydney as well, mm. I believe it was a night later, got a similar crowd around yeah. 8,000 to one love of those stadiums it. out there, it. which is also, I'm not sure the name of the stadium. For the I think it might be the Swifts playing. But it's got like a glass roof up the top. Oh, of they it. don't play at Kudos Bank. No, no, I don't believe oh. they play at Kudos Bank. They played another one, but it's the most unbelievable stadium. I'd love to see if we get. Is it the Ant Dome? Now. They played the Ant Dome. The Ant Dome. No, it's not quite the Ant Dome. Well, that's the all we got time dome. for. But we have one final little plug, and let me just reach down, yeah, non-suspiciously, to get my beanie there because it is of course Fight MND. 
One of the biggest weeks of the football season. Everybody, of course, Neil Danaher, one of the most loved figures suffering from MND, Australian one of the year. most, one of the cruelest diseases. Australian you of the year. Australian of the year, of course, there. Please. One of the cruelest diseases you can possibly have. And, of course, the AFL does a fantastic job every single year and the Danaher family and everyone involved in it, of course, getting these beanies out there. Now, I'm not a beanie guy. That doesn't- I look like a... A crackhead for like no a one wears them that low, I, mate. Pull it up a little about? bit. These beanies are elite every year. And if you don't have a beanie, you don't fit into society. That's yeah. what I mean. If you do not have a beanie and you're walking around Get Melbourne one. on a cold day, it doesn't matter whether the game's here or the game's in Sydney, whether they're going down the slide in Melbourne, they're going down it in Sydney. This is a great cause. And this is a cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, the term for the, what this Mate, beanie Mate, Kaha be? beanies are no more. These are no, this all is, year round. If you don't know, this is the new North Face puffer jacket. Yeah, Is the Freeze MND beanie. But, of course, if you want to join the army, head over to fightmnd.org.au. Chip in where you can. I know that this money just goes up every yeah, single I love year it. on the Fight to Accure. It really is. When we talk about we've got the Good Friday appeal, all these other things, this whole sort of, I'm not sure what exactly you would call it, a charity event or, or, so or what it is. More, yeah. It's so much more than that because it just it shines a lot on so many people that suffer from this illness and so many families. It's not just the person, of course, with MND that suffers here. It's such a debilitating illness for the entire family to have to watch someone go through that. So the, close, the more cash that they can get, the closer they can get to a cure towards this terrible disease. So head over that, fightmnd.org.au, chip in some money. That's all we got time for this week. Hopefully next week we get a clearer picture with the finals. Are Perth going to have 70 home games? We don't know. But as always, gamble responsibly. 